Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, this morning we magnify and we glorify your precious name. Thanking you, Lord God, for all of who you are, Lord God, the love that you have for us, Lord God. And we won't forget all that you've done for us. That's a given as your children, Lord God. You constantly are doing for us. But Lord, we, we, we want to reciprocate by praising you, Lord God, remembering the true love that you have for us, Lord God. That true love that brings forth the joy in our lives and the peace in our lives. The true love that, that, that brings forth that what Jesus said that uh, the real love that and the real joy that he that he gives, the joy that he gives, the world can't give it. That peace that he imparts, the world cannot give it and it cannot take it away, Lord God. So this day, Lord God, as you wrap your loving arms or continue to wrap your loving arms around each and every one of us, Lord God, bring back to the remembrance, not just of our minds, but of our hearts, Lord God. That place, that time, that feeling, Lord God, where we knew that you loved us with an everlasting love, Lord God. Make it ever real before us right now, Lord God, that we can grab a hold to it, that we can cling to it, that we can take hold of it and, and never let it go again, Lord God. Let it be the substance that leads us and guides us and takes us from one day to the next, Lord God, that keeps us rooted and grounded in you, oh God. So right now, Lord God, as you speak to our hearts by your word, I pray that every heart is open to receive right now, Lord God, your unadulterated truth, Lord God, that again, our prayer is that it changes us, that it rearranges something in our lives, Lord God, that moving forward, that we don't have to be the same, oh God. So we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. And all this in agreement, say amen. Amen. amen and amen. If you will, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5 on this morning. Matthew chapter 5. And I'm just trying to hear from the Spirit of the Lord because there's so much that he wants to impart to us. That obviously... We we can't get it all in one sitting. It's like eating a meal, you can't, there's so much good stuff, but you can't eat it all at one time. Amen. So I believe I hear him saying Matthew chapter five, verse 23. Matthew chapter five, verse 23. The title of our message this morning is leave your gift at the altar. Leave your gift at the altar. Amen. Until it reads like this. And for those of you who want to stand, feel free. It says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. 
you may be seated in the presence of the Almighty God. Today, God wants to speak to our heart about an issue, a soul issue, that is so at work in the body of Christ. The enemy have used the goodness of our hearts. He have used the, the very essence of our love for God. He's used that against us uh, in a way that has deceived us, has tricked us, and has brought us even off the course or offline of the things that God is wanting to do in our life. One of the things I want to start by saying that if you'll notice, because I think some of us, and, and maybe it was just me, uh, I may be the only one who's guilty of this, but you know, when I think back in the past have, uh, of this scripture, having heard it, and I'm sure each and every one of us had heard it in some way, shape, fashion, uh, or before about when we bring our gifts to the altar. You know, what I remembered about it more than anything without actually reading it and studying it, it was that if I, if I brought my gift to the altar, and, and for some reason I had this picture in my mind that if I brought my gift to the offer, altar and then when I got there, if I you know, remembered that I had an alt against my brother, that I needed to leave my gift and, and, and get up and, and go and be reconciled or go and fix that and come back and offer, offer my gift. And as close as that sounds to be the reality, that's not the reality, and that is not the picture that's being painted here, my friend. The Bible says here in verse 23, it says that if you bring your gift to the altar, paraphrasing it, and you remember that your brother has something against you, go and be reconciled to your brother and then come back and offer your gift. And the re and reason why that's important because the, if we thinking this is a, that we come into the altar and then we got a problem with somebody that we need to go fix, that's not what he's addressing here. That, uh, as you read prior in chapter 5, see from the beginning of chapter 5, it talks about, you know, this is one of the first uh, messages. This is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, as a matter of fact. You know that three-year ministry that he started? Uh, around the age 30, uh, when Jesus started his ministry, one of the first messages he, he preached was the message of the Beatitudes. You know, the Bible says that he had uh, went up to the, the mountain and, and, and his disciples had followed him up there and he began to minister to them and he ministered to them uh, and he laid a foundation, his first message to them, you know, because you got to remember that one of the things that these were Jewish people and they had been under the law all of this time and that Jesus had came to do what? He says, I didn't come to uh, destroy the law, but I came to fulfill the law. Come on, somebody. And the word fulfill means complete. It's not to do away with what the word fulfill here means to complete. Uh, the law and the thing about it is is that Jesus in his first message he's laid a foundation or he set a tone that was different from what they had already heard in, in, in him uh, at this time by the way let me uh, it, it, it behooves me to mention this at this time he had not fulfilled or completed the law this is at the beginning of it but as we see through the story play out that went through his death burial and his resurrection and then his ascension unto heaven, the sign that God is satisfied with the price that has been paid, that God, come on somebody, is satisfied with the price that has been paid for the sins of all men, that gives all men the opportunity for all of his transgressions to be gone. 
in there that God had been satisfied. So in that Jesus, in the first message, he lays the foundation of, by the way, here of one that is a transition from under the old covenant to the new covenant. Under the, 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 the law to under that which is by grace you have been saved through faith. See, the transition is in the mix. And Jesus set the tone by uh, pointing a very important point. And that point is, is that, see, under the law, it was good enough just to, if, if one could just keep the law. Right. See, grace is much, it has some roots that go deeper than just not doing something or, 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 or being able to keep something. The, the, this grace that God is, uh, that we live under now, the covenant of grace calls us way beyond that. And Jesus set the tone in the, and, and when he said, he preached his first sermon and he talked to them about what was blessed. And then he goes on to tell them that uh, you say that uh, if a man, yo, murders, that he's committed sin. But he says, but I say that if a man has been, is angered or uh, with one of his brothers, that he's already committed murder in his heart. See, so the law, I'm just saying this real quickly because the law painted a picture of if you don't do the sin, then, yo, then you're good. And that was it. But through the uh, transition into the new covenant of grace, it ain't good enough just for us not to actually commit murder. It's, it's, it's a matter of the heart. See, God now begins to look at the tables of our heart, my friend. See, through that finished work that Christ Jesus has, has completed, then it ain't good enough for us just not to uh, commit adultery, the, the act of adultery. But the Bible says that, Jesus says here, that if you have even looked upon a woman to lust after her, then you've committed adultery already in your heart, my friend. So it's not good enough just to not do that. He's looking at the heart now. These are matters of the heart. Glory be to God. And we live in a time and under a covenant, my friend, that it ain't good enough just for us to stop doing some things. It's going, it, the, the root is much deeper than that. God is looking at our hearts. He's looking for us to fortify our hearts unto him. Amen. And I'm saying all of this because there's a, a, a second part to this message that he talks about us being the salt of the earth. Yo, in the light, glory be to God. But right now, as he is painting this picture to us about us having a problem or being a problem for one another. See, I say all of this about the law because, see, this is the reason why this verse 23 and 24 don't address you having a problem with somebody. Because it's a given as a believer now under the covenant of grace that we should not have a problem, uh, we shouldn't be coming to the altar having no problems with anybody anyway. Because we are to be walking, as he has already said, that as if you want God to forgive you, that you must forgive your brother. It's a given. So it ain't nothing, so he's assuming or presuming that the, the fact of the matter is as we walk through this journey being led by the Spirit of God, that we don't live in a place that we have to uh, be struggling with forgiveness. When, you're, when somebody does something against you as the vessel of the Almighty God, it's our obligation to deal with that and deal with it right now in our hearts, my friend. In our hearts. So that we can control 
while there's other things that we can't control so what he's addressing here is that which you may not be able to control necessarily but when you come to the altar I'll bring it to your remembrance that it's there that you may be able to address it glory be to God so what am I saying let me just make it very plain and very clear when we come to the altar when we uh, walk as children of the most high God then God has already compelled us that we should not be struggling with forgiveness for anyone because if we the children of the most high God in order for you to be the children of Elohim for you to be the children of the most high God then you have to have already been forgiven come on somebody and if you've experienced a forgiveness See, this is the same thing that we're talking about the song. If you understand, if you've ever experienced the love of God, then it, uh, you haven't had that experience. It should not be a problem for you to experience giving that love to somebody else. And haven't experienced the forgiveness of Almighty God. Who is it? Uh, which one of us would, would receive the forgiveness from the Lord and then turn around and hold uh, some little thing against our, our neighbor or our brother. Come on, somebody. Yes. We're talking about the children of the Most High God. Or do you know who you, or who you serve? Do you know who he is? See, this is the reason why the church needs to take another look at what really is going on and what really is the truth of the matter in, in our salvation starts with knowing God and who he is. Because once we know who he is and, and the experience and that which he's done for us, then it's nothing that you can withhold from your brother. It's impossible. But because we have kind of thought about this or learned this in, backwards, then we don't look at it like that. But God is saying it's high time that we begin to see him for who he is and know what this is truly all about. Because when we stand before the king, we're not going to be uh, given an account based on what we thought. We're going to be given an account on based on what it is. Come on, somebody. Based on what it is, whether you had this understanding or not. It ain't gonna be, you ain't going to have the, the lack of the understanding. It ain't going to be because you didn't have the opportunity to know. It would only be because you didn't want to receive the way that it is. So none of us will be with an excuse. Come on, somebody. So the truth of the matter is, is that this is a very plain and very simple message that God wants to begin our journey with on today, my friend. And, and that is for one thing, first and foremost, if we know his love. This is why truly for us to have what, they, what, what true worship is. You know, I'm talking about worship in spirit and the truth, the, the, the worship that he receives. The, to, in order for us to even be able to worship him, we have to have known the experience of his love for us. Yes. And what it done. Yes. See, and when it saved us, it forgave us. Yes. When it saved us, it took our sins and, and it threw it in the sea of forgetfulness. It removed it from uh, uh, as far as the east is from the west. Come on, somebody. And then you got to know the value of that. That can't just be cliche as words. That ain't, can't, can't just be something that we didn't heard. You got to know what it really means to you, my friend. That all of your transgressions are gone. Because I think sometimes we hear that and we really don't understand it. Because we still have the, 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 the enemy working against the sin nature that we have as a human being and that we still fall down. But do you understand that the blood of Christ Jesus, I'm talking about the blood that God received, the one that he accepted, it wiped away all that you did in the past and all that you would do. 
on somebody. See, and if you understand that, then it, uh, it's, it's just like the, the young man told me, he said, yo, yo, when you really understand the grace of God at work, that no, it's just like Romans chapter 6, verse 1 says, how can we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid that. See, when you know what God has actually done for you, when you know that he is, what he's really done, I'm talking about if you know the reality, not just the thought, intellectually, oh, that all my sins is forgiven. See, because when you have the intellectual thought of it, then you'll go and use that to your advantage, which is really your disadvantage, my friend. But when you really know in your heart, uh, the hearts of your heart of what God has done, it will break your heart. It will bring you to a place of humility and submission unto God. It will leave you at a place that yes, if you fall down, that you have to get back up, but it ain't gonna leave you at a place of taking advantage of that. It, it, it will leave you at a place in an understanding that this God that has saved me and sealed me for the day of redemption has placed his Holy Spirit on the inside of me. And that the Holy Spirit of God that leads and guides us, he's never gonna lead you to continue to sin against him. It's impossible. His Holy Spirit that leads us is not leading us to be in a place of comfortability to sin and to continue in it. It's going to always be uncomfortable. It's going to always be putting you at a place of contriteness and honor and submission unto the Lord. It's going to draw you closer because every time you fall, then it'll draw you closer to the Lord. Not a, to a place of comfortability, my friends. It's impossible. And it will give you a renewed mind and an understanding then of what is truly important. That our worship unto God is born out of a place of us knowing his love for us. Knowing what he has done for us. That this is the, the, sustain, the, the thing that sustains us for the rest of our, our days, my friend. <laughs> this is the thing that is going to bring you to a place of being able to move forward just like we saw in the song it's about moving forward now from this place glory be to god so it would be insane for us to, to and this is the reason why his word ain't addressing the fact that we come into the altar with some attitude against a brother or mad at a brother for something that they did but it brings us to the altar and, and, and it gives us a, awareness way past that. It gives us an awareness in our heart to, to God that if I've done something that offended somebody else, that if I've done something, that I ain't worthy to come and offer my gifts to you until I go fix that. Glory be to God. It gives you a heart that wants to be reconciled to your brother when you have done something that wasn't right. Or maybe whether it was Intentional or not, ain't, that's not the point. But just to know, it'll bring an awareness that somebody was offended by what you said. Whether you did it intentionally or not. And it will give, it will wrap that, uh, that, that information in a heart that is so broken to say that, man, I need to go and I need to go now. And tell that brother, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it the way that you took it. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I messed up if I did mean it the way that you took it. But it brings us to a place of brokenness. So he takes for granted 
The fact that we should not come to the altar that way. But, but that, that there may be something that didn't happen that, that, that we weren't that privileged to. Yo, that we've done wrong. Not that somebody's done wrong. How can we hold on to something that somebody's done to us when we've been forgiven everything? Come on, think about it. And we have to think about it because God is calling us to a place to live from there now. And for some of us, we've been struggling to let things go of what people have done. We've been struggling and God says, God forbid, you, you ain't got time to struggle with that. What you gonna, if you're going to struggle with anything, take the next step and that's struggling with you. Submit yourself for what you done done wrong. And being able to admit it, having a heart to admit it because you love me more than you love yourself. In your way. So he says to you, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift. Leave your gift. See, and, and the fact of the matter is if we have a heart, the heart that God wants us to have, then it's going to bring us to beyond the foolishness of, of us trying to hold anything against anybody. As though we have a, 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 a leg to stand on in doing that. Because just as well as we, whatever been done to us, we didn't done double time to somebody else. So who do we think we are? Why do we even do that? But it's going to take us beyond that. It's going to take us through that, not beyond it. You know, around it, I should say. But it's gonna take us through that. We don't we gonna get we don't we gonna we gonna get that yes. and make it through that so that we can begin to really address the real issues of spiritual life. Yes. And that's being called to a place way beyond what the world says. Because see the world says if they done something to you, you got a right to be mad. Right. See the world says that you have a right to revenge right. your enemy. See, and not only the world says it, the law used to say it too. Because if you read back in Exodus chapter 21, this is where the law, see, this is where God, Jesus was making the transition. In Exodus chapter 21, yo, know, it says an eye for an eye. It says a tooth for a tooth. You see, you can read it for yourself, write it down. But God, but Jesus is taking the, 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 us way past that. But now, it's not about an eye for an eye. It's, it, it, and he addresses it in his sermon there. That now, if, if they ask you, uh, you know, if they try to sue you for, for, for one thing, then you give them, your, give them two things. If they ask you to go one mile, you go two miles. See? It says, love your enemies. See, he began to talk about loving your enemies. Doing good to those who despitefully use you. See, he's talking about a way beyond that. We're talking about the covenant of grace. They went way beyond us being guilty of anything. But be us being used by him for everything. See, because Jesus wasn't guilty of anything, but he was used by God to, to make appropriation for everything. Glory be to God. Everything. And so this is the life. This ain't no fairy tale, my friend. This is the life that we as believers have been left here for. And it's high time that the church begins to take on what our real stay here is all about. 
Instead of us, uh, yo, uh, yo, thinking our state here is about as children of the Most High God, what's most important and first and foremost and above all things is our American dream that we want. Come on now, Pastor, preach that. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, is that yo, when we walk in the ways of the Lord, yo, then He can, yo, yo, just like He He gave the parable that if, if I can trust you with a little bit, then you know, then maybe I can give you a little bit more. See, then we can really have the American dream, the dream that we trying to, to chase that we'll never get to anyway. It, 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 or, or even if we got there, it ain't going to satisfy us. The real dream is, is beyond America. It's a kingdom dream, my friends. It's more than the American dream. Why would you settle for the American dream when you can have the kingdom dream, my brother? Glory be to God. It just works a different way. It works by the spirit of the living God being the lead and the God. He's the one that's the orchestrator. See? And the beautiful thing about that, it takes all the pressure off of you of what you of you trying to accomplish anything when you can just walk and follow him in everything. He's doing it. Glory be to God. It says leave your gift. Leave it there. Go and fix it. Be reconciled to your brother. And see, this is a huge thing. I ain't talking about in the, the world. I'm talking about in the body of Christ. Yes. This is where division and separation and all of these things have come from. And I ain't just talking about in the church with church people. I'm talking about church people in their house. Yes. Talking about church people in their families. Church people that, uh, uh, that, that comes to the altar every Sunday but ain't talked to their cousin or their sister for 10 years because of something that was said 10 years ago. God says it ought not to be and it's impossible. It's the trick of the enemy that's, that's placing us in, 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 in this mindset as though we you know, have some relationship with God but then we don't have no relationship with our brother. It couldn't be. It's impossible, my friend. We serve a God that is, uh, yo, that, that, that reconciles, not separates. We serve a God that is, uh, that is love and not uh, division and hatred. Come on, somebody. So in this, as we come to a close right here, because this message, no, it ain't no long one, but it's one that, that God just wants to place on your heart. And, and he, and, and He's going to give you the information today, but he's going to work on it. Today, tomorrow, and moving forward. Because the charge is seriously here, my friend, that you, as a child of God, he is challenging you to be used as a vessel of his. And his vessels only work one way. And it has to be cleansed. It has to be renewed. It has to be transformed. It has to not be conformed into the world, but be transformed by the renewing of its mind. Glory be to God. For the purpose of being able to, that he can use it for the perfecting of his will. Glory be to God. So for the perfect will of God. Not our perfect will, but his perfect will. Come on, somebody. And so he says this. The thing about it is, is my friend, is as we are to leave our gifts and go and be reconciled to our brother, then, you know, it's going to take some humility in this. It's going to take us not thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought. 
It's going to take us going to that place of spiritual understanding to know that we can esteem somebody else higher than ourselves. Think about it. It's going to take you to that place of, 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 of knowing that God's love, as the book of John, 1 John talks about it, that we only love him because he first loved us. It's going, so, it, 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 so it's going to take us to this place of uh, understanding of what real love is all about. We didn't deserve God's love. Yes. So it's going to take us to this place that even, you know, in, in some, you know, people, that this is even going to fit in the category. You know, there's some people, there's, there's a thing that, 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 that goes, that, that is, uh, you know, that, that is said, is that, yo, know, it's called bipolar. And sometimes we deal with bipolar people, including ourselves sometimes. Yes. And what I mean by that is that, you know, sometimes we're dealing with people that, that, that they, uh, you know, see, bipolar, what it does, it, it, it makes somebody not really, uh, you know, uh, how can I say it? They, 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 you're not really dealing with reality the right way. You know what I'm saying? You, you kind of off a little bit in, 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 in the reality of, of a given situation. You see, and sometimes when we deal with people, they, they, the, the reality of the situation, they, they thinking about it is off because it's born out of the fact that they think it from a selfish place. So it's lopsided a little bit. You see what I'm saying? But it doesn't matter when you go to the altar and God brings to this mem back to your memories that your brother have a problem, even though he's lopsided a little bit, then we still have an obligation. Come on, somebody. See, because the, the, the world will tell us in, in that situation, no, you ain't got no, they, the problem is they problem. And see, and this is how Satan has played many tricks on us. As children of the Most High God, this is the, where, how the deception is ran so deep that, that, that when even when things are not uh, equal, when they're a little bit lopsided, then we excuse ourselves from the obligation of the word. Yeah. Not so, my friend. That's right. See, because the, the thing about it is, is when you can include yourself when things is lopsided, then we are doing the work of the kingdom. See, this is what Jesus, it never, it was always lopsided with the work that Jesus done because he never was guilty of anything. So if he excluded himself, then we wouldn't have no salvation today, my friend. We would be lost. Without any hope. Yes. Jesus. But because he humbled himself. As Philippians chapter 2 says that he humbled himself. Even being in the form of God. But he humbled himself to, to the form of man. And did this work. Yes. It's for us as believers. Vessels of the most high God. Yes. To not think so highly of ourselves. But to humble ourselves. That even when it's lopsided, that if God brings it to our members and, that, and don't try to shut off what God is doing, be open to what God is doing and be willing and ready to quickly, because the next verse talks about being quickly agreeing with your adversary, because otherwise we end up locked up in prison somewhere and this ain't just a physical prison, prison. this is a prison in our spirit, spirit in our minds and in our hearts, my friend. And you don't want to be in a, uh, a, a locked up in a, 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 a heart prison, a spiritual heart prison. Because see, that prison right there, you ain't going to get free from. And the, all of the, the dealings that we have with the Lord is matters of the heart. So all he sees us is locked up in a prison and, we won't, and the door is open and we won't come out. 
He says, you free. But no, I ain't going out. You refuse to come out because you ain't going to do it his way. You want to do it your way. It ain't my fault. They put me in here falsely accused. And so they put me in here falsely accused. And so when the door opens, I ain't coming out. Sounds foolish, huh? But that's what it is. To be locked up in a spiritual prison, my friend. It's one of your heart. It's, it's, it's you, when the door is open, you won't even come out. Because you're right. <laughs> and you wasn't wrong. It wasn't my fault. So this here speaks to your, you being at the altar and God saying it don't matter whose fault it is. This is not about fault. This is about reconciliation. This is about reconciliation. This is about me being satisfied, God says, and me being pleased. Will you humble yourself past where you are today? That them broken relationships for the things that you already know that you want God to do for you, but then you're not willing to even do something that's so minute for your brother. To say, I'm sorry. To say, if, you know, that I didn't mean it the way that you took it. And, and, and to say, I'm sorry if I did mean it, but I, please forgive me. Amen. Amen. But to address these things, to address them, God is wanting to bring us way down. This is the next level of spiritual maturity, my friend. Not just getting past with, you know, you being forgiven or forgiving somebody. That should be a given. We, got, we need to be way past the forgiveness of others when they've done something wrong to us. We ain't got time for that. We got to hurry up and do that because we got to get on to the next thing and that is to make sure that ain't nobody got no problem with me. And to be able and ready to fix them things. Glory be to God. Will you accept the challenge today? Today is the day that God says that I'm calling you to the next level in this. And I need you to quickly agree with somebody that, 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 that thinks you've done them wrong. Whether you feel like it or not, it don't matter what you feel. And if you don't want to think about it, he says, if you open your heart truly to me, I'll show them to you. There's some that he says that, matter of fact, that's so long ago that you couldn't remember. I'm going to have to show it to you, but will you open? I ain't going to show it to you until you open my heart, your heart to me. Because when you open my, your heart to me, then I'm going to show you that I need you to do it. I haven't forgotten. It ain't went away. It needs to be fixed. And for some of us, that may be a very scary task to take on. But God has said, I need you today to make a commitment to address all of these things. And as you say yes, I'm going to show you. Will you accept the challenge today? We need to accept it. We have to because God, where God has taken us to, where the church has to go, the time that we're living in now, my friend, is too far spent. We cannot be playing tiddlywinks with all of the monkey business that we should have been way past. And God is saying, it's time to move. Will you move with them? Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Let's give God some praise right there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.